Good Evans, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 44. Thanks a lot for joining me. I'm your host, Bob Evans, also known as Kevin Mitchell. I'm going to keep this intro really short. I'm in my hotel room in Adelaide. Jeb and I are going to play their first show in almost a year tomorrow night. And earlier this evening, I uh, sat down with my brother, Brett Mitchell, who is also the drummer in Jebediah, and we had a little chat, and it was awesome to <laughs> cajole him into being a guest on this podcast, because Brett, you know, he's not, um, he's a pretty reserved guy, and so I really appreciate him doing this for me. It was a lot of fun just to uh, go back and reminisce about uh, our childhood, and um, all the music that we listened to, and just him uh going you know just delving back into the past of um growing up and um his experiences and becoming a drummer um so all the usual stuff um if you don't like swear words probably this isn't the podcast for you um uh rate and review uh on itunes i would really appreciate that um what else do I need? I, I don't want to plug stuff. I you know I do that all the time and um and yeah it's getting well it's not it's I was going to say it's getting really late. It's not that late. It's like ten thirty at night. But um I don't want to be um I don't want to be up all night. So um so yeah I hope you enjoyed this one. Um it was a lot of fun and uh, yeah here it is episode forty four with Brett Mitchell, my brother, drummer of Jebediah. I'm Good Evans. It's a Bobcast. Welcome to the Bobcast, Brother Brett. <laughs> oh, it's it's um, um, a very confusing privilege to be here, Kevin. I Yeah, look, I, I understand. I mean, out of the four members of Jebediah, you know, I think it's fair to say that you're probably the most reserved. Um, yes, I don't. Not I, I wouldn't put my hand up to mm. be in front of any sort of microphone, really. Yes, yeah. Um, Unless so. it's doing smashing harmonies. But, um, well, but no, generally you are only, the most reserved. I only do forms. that for the money, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all. But but, but uh, you know, I think that that's that's a, that's fair to say, isn't it? I yes. think that um, you don't. You're not someone who seeks the. Uh, you know, someone. You're not someone who seeks the limelight. No, well, not. I, I don't seek to broadcast myself. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously can have. I have conversations with people all the time. Kevin. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not necessarily in the recorded form. That's right. We don't yeah. generally record them. Mm. Um, so we, I'll, I'll just sort of um, put a sort of time and place on this. We're in my Adelaide hotel room, and Jeb and I are about to play 
the f- our first gig in almost a year. Call it a year. It feels like a year. It's, 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 it's just shy. Of just a year. shy of a year. I think it was the, the last weekend of February. We played in WA in Denmark, mm. and it was only t- about two weeks after that in mid March where all all our plans, all our shows, everyone's shows got um, pretty much got canned in that short space of time. So we've gone through this whole 2020 COVID stuff and now things are just starting to slowly kind of come back. And um, and the show in Adelaide turned up. Um, so, so now after almost a year of not even being in the same room, I mean, I, I think I've only, even before this maybe seen maybe, you once or twice maybe twice twice yes yeah. and the other guys in being in perth ness and chris not at all mm. we, that's apart from some zoom chats or whatever um so very strange territory <laughs> oh very strange incredibly territory. strange yeah. yeah i i um i said the last year i mean in in principle uh, i would sort of think of a year of having um contact with other people you know heavily restricted as being a wonderful thing you know I, that's the kind of thing i would put my hand up for kevin yeah yeah uh but after a while it just started dragging and you mm. know nobody likes wearing face masks obviously mm. that's a drag yeah just the whole thing's just been a bit of a drag it's been a yeah. draggy grindy year yeah and um, you know it's yeah it's um it's nice to think that uh that that you know, look, I'm very nervous about playing this gig. Mm. Um, the rehearsals seem to go okay, and that's that's made me feel a bit better. But, yeah, so we, we um, got in yesterday, and we did a little rehearsal, and then today we rehearsed again. And the rehearsal situation in, in itself is very strange because of the current uh, regulations for the WA peeps. Um, they're not... Uh, well, they're not supposed to be in close proximity to people anyone from melbourne right? no and indeed they weren't were they kevin no so we, so we we rehearsed in this studio uh in, um, brett and i were in one room and ness and chris were in another room and we just used headphones and so you know even the rehearsal itself was very strange i wasn't looking forward to it but it, it felt it was a lot better though. than it was fine than i thought yeah. It would, yeah yeah and that's uh, a lot of things do turn out better than i think they will yeah that's that's, a, that's possibly one of my well, one of my trainers. i think but I've, I've got a memory of you know as early as high school where one of your quotes and this might have been sort of around um like in reference to exams oh yeah um and the quote that i remember from you was um set your expectations low you'll never be disappointed yeah look that's <laughs> That's that's a bit a bit throwaway. Uh, in in retrospect, uh, it, it sounds like something Mum would accuse me of. Right, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe Mum tell me that story. <laughs> it's anyone's guess whether it actually happened or not. But you know, um, I, I, I think as a as a, a lifelong underachiever, I that that probably does. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat sum up my approach. I don't, I'm not. I'm not, I, I'm not an ambitious person, you mm. know. And it's not because I don't have ideas about how things could be better. I mm. just can't really be bothered enacting them. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> can I can I ask before you go any further? Yes. About the shoe, because yeah, I'm, sure. I'm I'm seeing a. What's fair to say? A, 
I don't know if I would say a hot pink, but certainly a bright it's, pink, yeah. immaculately clean uh, Converse high top sneaker. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so um, listeners, I'm my microphone uh, because obviously travelling with a mic stand that was never going to happen. Um, so I've just placed a microphone. I've, I'm using a high top Converse sneaker as a sort of microphone stand. It looks way too big for you. Oh, uh, really? That, well, is no, it, no, it's a size 10. What's your size? Size 10. It's, it's actually very comfortable. Um, oh. No, but they're new. I haven't worn them yet. Oh. I, I've tried them on. Okay. But I haven't worn I'm going to wear them on stage tomorrow. Oh, That's is that right. right? Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, and I'll tell you where the inspiration came from. Um, I was watching, I'm a, as you would know, a massive Blur fan. Um, and some time ago, I was just, you know, on YouTube just watching, um, just, just kind of going down that rabbit hole of like blur videos. It right. starts with the clips and it goes into live performances. And okay. And I was, ended up watching this sort of blur playing, I think that might have been playing a live TV show many, many years ago. And um, Damon was wearing pink uh, Converse. And that's where the inspiration. I thought, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself some pink Converse and do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but he was wearing the low, not the high tops. So, uh. um, and so when I told my wife Kristen about it, you know about my plan, mm-hmm. um, she said, oh, you should probably you should get the high tops. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and for, for the ankles, so I said, extra okay. ankle support, or no, you're worried about purely aesthetics, I think. Okay. And you know, when it comes, you think you've got ugly ankles. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't kind of get into it with her. I just kind of accepted it in face value. Just thought, well, when it comes to some people, just prefer the high tops, don't they? Yeah, when it comes to issues of aesthetics, ah uh, yes, I just kind of if the, if she says that that's what yeah, I should do, I, well, I'll I'll do I I defer that. to to Karen, my yeah. partner, on on all aesthetic issues as well. Yeah, it's a shame she didn't do that with someone about me, but uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I, know, I mean, talking about that, I think it's also fair to say, man, like thinking about like growing up as kids, we weren't we were we weren't like cool kids, were we? Well, I certainly wasn't. I think that you, like I, when I, like you and Adam were both quite, like I think Adam would, would have been well, a I pretty... I thought Adam was kind of cool. Well, I think he was a little... But compared fairly... to, I mean, only compared to us. Which <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really... He was quite low profile and he's a very easy guy to get along with, you know, as, as are you, I think. Um, but you seemed to, to, my memory of you, I didn't, I didn't remember really thinking that much about Adam's school you know about his kind of um experience at school he always mm. just seemed to be doing okay yeah, know, yeah. just no problem yeah middle child right maybe just gone under the radar <laughs> and then you you were had some you know some academic highlights but yeah and then uh, on the other side of that you had the theater arts and, and the kind of music stuff as well mm. so it seemed, seemed very well rounded i feel like mm. you might have been the most well-rounded right at, at school yes well i I kind of reflect back on my schooling years, mostly high school years. Primary school years are kind of kind of vague, so everyone's just anyway. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's a bit of a mess. Everyone's (laughs) just running around. Um, But no, I feel like when I was in high school, I was never like I was. I could mix easily with all groups. Yeah. So like I was, I, I mixed. Easily with the sporty dudes because I was good at sport. Yeah. But I also mixed easily with the nerds, you know, because I tried to do well academically, yeah. even though I wasn't terribly gifted academically, but I tried really hard. Um, and 
and then doing the theatre and stuff and the art, stuff, you know, in with the kind of art. I felt like I could kind of, I could, oh, pardon me, that's my phone. I <laughs> turn that off. Um, yeah, like when I reflect back to my schooling years, yeah, I feel like I was just kind of one of those people that kind of could move around different groups and that was accepted by them all and yeah. got on well with them all without ever being like super cool or super sporty or super anything. Right. Yeah, look, I I, th- I think I kind of grew, eventually found my feet um, at school, but it took a long time. I don't remember the early years as being particularly fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I there, remember... was some, there was a bit of bullying, you know, both, yeah. both ways, I, I guess. Right. Um, but Where I, did that I, come from, do you think? Oh, I think I might have just been a little bit of a cunt. <laughs> um, and that, and that can... Well, I, I mean, I remember being bullied a little bit in primary school, in grade one and grade two. So when we, we started off going to primary school at a place called Burrinda, and then we moved house to Bull Creek. We changed schools. I was only... I was much younger than you, obviously, three years younger than you. So, um, um, but yes, I remember getting a little bit of bullying in grade two and then we moved schools and I never ever got bullied again right. after that yeah um, I don't know where that bullying came from um, you know the weird thing is that, that the kid that bullied me in grade two invited me to his birthday party yeah look pe- pe- <laughs> people are weird and very young children uh, you know are uh, just weird in, in, in yeah. ways in ways that we gradually learn to overcome as mm. adults and kind of just cover up here you know just a bit more of that a bit less of that um yeah and so i, I think i kind of found a little bit, I, I look I, I think i was probably somewhat lucky to i mean i wouldn't looking at me now you wouldn't say i was a, an a, athletic looking person um but you know it's not like i, I wasn't sort of small or or, mm. or weedy or mm. you know any I, I don't think I had those sorts of arrows point, pointed at me, you know. Yeah. But um, so I was able, I, I suppose I was able to... I wasn't such an e- physically, a particularly easy target. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was... I, I just think there was a lot about people that I just... I, I just think it took me lo- a lot longer to get s- some things right. about... What about in, about being part of society? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, part of any sort of a social group, mm. and you know, I still consider myself uh, awkward, mm. but um, I've learnt a lot. Mm. Yeah, you know, I've had had some time to think about it, mm. <laughs> I mean, and I, I feel like I can get along with it, almost any sort of yeah, you know in any I sort of situation so now. Yeah. But there's still those elements of awkwardness uh, would come through from time to time for sure. I always remember you two growing up, particularly in those very early years, but right throughout schools, you know, being really intelligent and um, and maybe sometimes um, bored at school. Did that? Did you? Yeah, I did think. Yeah, um, I certainly found myself often uninterested mm. in what was happening. It's really a hard thing to assess yourself. Right, right. and, and going really... back so far, you yeah. know, I might be more interested in looking at what a fly was doing on the window yeah. next to me than what the teacher was talking right. about. yes. Possibly I would have I'd received some kind of diagnosis if I was that <laughs> these days. Well, There'd I, be a diagnosis. For well, that. you know, and I laugh at that, but I shouldn't because I think, you know, that's probably... 
you know you're probably hitting on something there i mean like my you know as you know but and as some listeners probably know as well my wife Kristen um works in the field of education uh, so um, can i just is it all right for me to eat a piece of shape totally. or two because it might be a bit loud i just want you to be do you and okay be true all right <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um but you know it's such a you know as i've sort of learnt um through Kristen, you know um kids at school from a very young age now are very quickly identified um <laughs> as if if there are any issues whatsoever mm. and there's a gamut of of oh, things and you know, you know and we saw we would have seen all of them and it's just you just think of it as part of mm. part of childhood part of the whole social experience well there was ADHD and things like that just didn't even no. they weren't even on the radar when we went no I, I honestly don't know that they uh, that they even existed as a mm. as a formal diagnosis yeah so um, so yeah you know I, I think like in our generation a lot of kids would have just uh, either fallen through the cracks or just been kind of kids that would have maybe perhaps been highlighted nowadays mm. As having issues, I you know, um, but so mum, so <laughs> did, mum did take you to see somebody that once, didn't she? Oh well, I do. I remember being sent to um, a psychiatrist uh, at the school um, in year two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, they. I, I, I remember. I, I just remember little bits and pieces of it, like you know, colour blindness tests, and, right, and then that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember Mum sort of quite bitterly saying about it. I'm sure I, what, what are the chances anyone's going to hear this, right? But I remember Mum saying quite bitterly about um, the uh, my teacher for, for that grade mm. um, that she had heard the teacher say, "Oh, I hope I don't have one of those children." Ah, uh, right. Yeah, uh, and I don't know whether she meant you know gifted or yeah, just someone or, who requires extra. Yeah. Po- well, well, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, I did that, require but... extra attention. <laughs> Remember knocking over a Christmas tree one time? Man, it must have been. <laughs> you were just running around. I would just run around for no real reason. Yeah, I just got excited, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> and then before I knew it, something was broken or yeah. uh, someone was hurt, yeah. and I was like, "Oh no, this is not yeah. what I wanted." No, well, look, I think at the end of the day. Um, what's important is, you know, you you manage to navigate your way through that, and I think well, by don't most of us? I guess so. I guess I guess so. Um, by by high school, had you did you start to kind of well, find your feet a little bit more? High school is is like that, isn't it? Because drawing from a much greater, you know, simply more people, mm. um, and drawing from this bigger pool and. I think you can find your pizza. Yeah, a little easier. You, you find a little bit of yeah. a niche, and so I just yeah. found a small, yeah. um, small group of guys, and we used to like play role playing games yeah. together and stuff like that, which started in later primary school. But yeah, things like things like that, and just just um, make each other laugh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's talking about silly things, <laughs> which I guess is what all kids do. But yeah, we weren't very sporty. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, do. You, I always ask this question of people that I talk to on this podcast, um, and it sort of occurred to me that um, by doing this with you, that um, some of these questions will uh, I may as well be asking myself because we grew up together. <laughs> right. But um, 
do you so rather than saying do you did you do you feel like you grew up in a musical family i should say did we <laughs> do did, i feel like we grew up in a musical do family? do you feel like we grew up in a musical family do you feel that i would think <laughs> that we as a whole felt i feel that you would think that i would say trying to maybe <laughs> <laughs> look well i mean obviously and i you, you may have referenced this uh, uh, before but mum certainly um thought of herself as quite musical mm. uh historically if not yeah uh, you she know, played viola we, we, i think we didn't see any of it yeah but we knew that that was part of her past and she, mm. I, I don't know what level she got up to with her mm. piano and we had the piano in the house always we did we always had a piano at the house yep and she tried to make you know i mean i remember doing some piano lessons and i not, never did not really enjoying it yeah i, so look, I might have been the reason you never got offered piano I lessons i absolutely think that's the reason and I would like, I guess, to take this opportunity to apologise for that. Don't apologise because I think it's now that I'm a parent myself, I can totally see how that would play out. <laughs> you start with the first one, it doesn't work, it's like, oh, fuck this. Um, I can totally see that. I can. And I would love to be able to, to, be able to play piano. Me too. Um, and it's, it's not too late, right? Never too late. I'm looking for a place. Especially when it comes to learning an instrument when you're already musical. I mean, you like, it'd be different to, like, say, learning a language right because um as you get older i do think that stuff becomes difficult mm. but 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 for someone who's a musician and has worked in music their whole lives i think if you started taking lessons in any kind of instrument you would probably be able to advance quite quickly i think I'd, i think these days I, you would probably do it via some kind of app right you know mm-hmm. uh, rather than um, face-to-face and uh, for, for me the uh, the biggest the next challenge in this in this uh, this dream is to actually find a place to set up the keyboard right uh, permanently yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> that lo- becomes the challenge <laughs> as less time goes on did you did you ever tinker on the on the piano at home like in later years I remember a little doing that a little bit not really um, I think I, I think I, I get frustrated quite easily with my own incompetence yeah. at, wow. at virtually anything. Mm. I don't have a... And, unless, I'm, unless there's something I really... I, th- I, think, I think what it is, I need a little bit of instant gratification mm. in, in the early stages. Mm. And so with something like guitar or drums, mm. electric guitar particularly, yeah. I feel like that's get quite that. easy yeah. to, to, to get that, that punch, totally. that sort of yeah. gratifying, you know... Mm. Yeah, you can, you can kind of feel it. You mm. can feel something totally. almost straight away. Yeah, you need, I mean, you know, you just need to strum your fingers down the this, strings. Just, I think even in the last podcast, yeah, just that experience of the first time I ever strummed an electric guitar that was plugged into like a little amp mm. at a friend's place. Immediately, it sounds like something. Yes. Whereas it was it, just, I was just plucking all the open strings, so not even a chord or anything, but just hearing that you know distorted roar coming from this tiny little amp in a bedroom yeah was immediately exciting and feeling like you had you could actually you might want to control that a bit more mm. you know yeah. yeah and with drums i think it's a very similar thing i was astonished uh, when i jumped on a friend's drum kit this would have been sort of year 10 year 11 that kind of mm. territory yeah and uh, went over to his place after school and some of his kit and yeah i could immediately see the potential of it mm-hmm. um, for just sheer enjoyment, yeah. uh, if nothing else. So, is that when you started? So, where, where, how did drumming start for you? Yeah, well, that was 
Yeah, I mean, well, we had the we had the guitar, that guitar floating around that I I bought secondhand from someone at school as well, mm. um, and you and that that would have been apart from that one that we found at the tip, yes, which later got stolen when Mum took it to her school as a prop. Oh, and, really? Yeah, that's how that. that's how we lost it. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, and we had just open tuned it, um, you know, and it had a had a nice big um, Whammy? Sort of, yeah, spongy oh. kind of springy. Yeah, the guitar bar. we found at the tip. I do remember that guitar. I couldn't remember what make it was. No, no, me either. Um, but it was kind of like a Strat sort of copy. Yeah, it's t- yeah, but it's had some quirks. I don't know if it, it was probably just a cheapie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that we only had we had that for maybe a year and a half or so, mm. and then she took it in to use this prop for a school musical or something. Right. It got stolen I from backstage or th- something yeah, like right. that. Um. So yeah, so I had a guitar before I had a drum kit, and it mm. was only a cheap little strap copy. Mm. Um, and I think I, I remember, it was, I think it might have been Rat Cat. Um, yeah, might have been, might have been just a. I found three chords that you know. Right. You yeah. Just, just bar chord, you know. Um, yeah. Not not in bar chords, just power chords. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we're playing with just like the bottom three strings. <laughs> Um, I don't Pretty really. Yeah, yeah p- probably, yeah. but bottom three or four. Yeah. Rack out awesome. I mean, yeah, it's one of my earliest memories of learning learning songs on electric guitar as well as playing racket songs. So I guess that was my introduction to the just the kind of fairly visceral instant gratification that mm. you could get from mm. um, you know rock music yeah, yeah. type instruments, mm. and you know whether. It, I think it had to be loud. I think you know yeah, the, yeah. The, the volume was important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously that works for guitar. You know, any amplified instrument or for drums equally. So how did? So what about drums? So, uh, so yeah, I, so I'd had. I guess I'd had the guitar in maybe year ten or something. And so I feel like it was around the end of year ten, where right. um, yeah, I went round to uh, my friend Trevor's place. He he played in a band, and we I had gone to see his band play at pubs. Uh, maybe once or twice yeah. uh, around that time. Yeah. Uh, oh, hang on, was I? No, maybe I was smoke. No, I would have been smoke. I was smoking cigarettes, so this was. It must have been much later. Yeah. Must yeah. have been later. Yeah. That he and he played in a band with some other guys. So this must have been after school, um, after uh, high school. Were they an original band or doing covers? Uh, they were called the Furor, and they That's right. they did um, <laughs> they did. Um, uh, Almost all covers, yeah. you know, Hootie Gurus right. and um, maybe some Crowded House, or something. Yes, you know, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's so. Yeah, I went ho- over to his place um, one day after school. I think his dad was a bit musical as well. He had like a little multi-track recorder. Oh and, wow! Um, so there's there's usually some kind of link in the in the family, perhaps. Mm. Um, and certainly there was for him, but he had a drum kit, and he was—he was pretty. I thought he was, you know, he, he could play. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, he said, "Do you want to have a go?" And I, I, I did, and yeah, I think it just almost immediately sounded like something yeah. which you don't really get from a piano. Mm. You know, it's just like you can hit a few keys, but what's what's that going to sound like? You mm. know. Um, I think the thing, and I've talked about this before, I think on the podcast as well, but um, the thing that I love about piano is that and, and it, you know if you have a musical ear of particularly or if you already play another instrument the great thing about the piano that no other instrument that I'm aware of has is that all the notes are laid out in front of you mm. so visually 
it, it does make a lot of sense. Like yep. every other instrument, your fingers are going in these strange positions. Well, I mean, maybe drums are the same in, the, in that yeah. respect. Yeah, um, totally. It's laid out in front of you, you know. Um, so there's, there is something about that that, um, yeah, I feel like with piano, if you already play an instrument or if, you're, if you've got a musical ear, um, just, just visually, just having all those notes that mm. you, you can kind of just come up with things that you can, you, you can be intuitive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we, what we, where was this leader? Drums. So, oh, drums. So when did you get your first drum kit? Was it, uh, I mean, I recall it as being, was it like right at the end of high school? Or? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess it would have been, would have been maybe sometime in year 11. Yeah. The funny thing was, was I was looking through it and I didn't have any money, you know. I think mm. I, maybe I, I, was, I had like 500 bucks or something. Mm. Drums so, are a hard instrument for kids to get into because not only are they they're expensive, they're fucking big. People like, tell you people to stop hate playing hearing them. You, but yeah, <laughs> it's like the hardest fucking yeah, instrument yeah. to get into. Yeah, there are some obstacles, I suppose, in that, in that respect. But somehow I'd, I'd five hundred bucks. Certainly didn't earn it. I don't really know where it came from. Birthday, Christmas money yeah. combined. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, answered this ad in the paper, and it turned out to be a kid in my year from primary school. Right. And actually, a kid that I, you know, had, had some altercations with. It was a dick. Well, look, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to say that. At the time, I would have said that. Yeah. Well, you've I, shown him, mate. You've shown him. <laughs> I haven't shown him anything. You, you bought his kit, and you went on to fucking drum and jibber fucking die. As well, look, <laughs> I'm sure that he's doing something, you know, pretty amazing. <laughs> um, could be in Perth, could be somewhere else in the world. I really don't know. But yeah, I didn't really like him that much at the, at school. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but it was a kid. There was some kind of football connection, Kevin. Uh-huh. And this was, I don't maybe through Adam, right? Okay, because it would have been closer to like a brother. But, so, um, Dad knew his parents. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a brother of someone that Adam played footy with, but probably, possibly yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they. The, the, <laughs> And, um, yeah, I remember the ad, like, in retrospect, the ad was a bit misleading. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it said, oh, I just remember something like Full Pearl Hardware or something. I was like, oh, that's a brand. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. look, it, yeah, look, it wasn't... Um, it was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> look, he was just trying to get the most he could for his drum kit, I guess, so he could... I don't know what, it, what I was going to buy with, the, with that. So he could go on to be a bigger dick. <laughs> look, he, he, <laughs> look, school, you know, school's funny. Primary school's a funny thing. And yeah. I, yeah, look, I, I have to, when I look back, I have to make a lot of concessions for myself. And so I think it's only fair that I make those concessions for sure, other people yeah, as no, well. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was a funny connection because it turned yeah. up, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And he was being all friendly because he was trying to sell his drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> you think super nice. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, look at this one. I remember you. So good to see you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking dick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a strange, it was quite a strange way to come by my first kit. It was a star, the brand was star. Uh, it was a Japanese brand, yeah. but before Japan made anything good. Okay. Um, in terms of musical instruments, right, okay. I think. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. It's probably, it's probably 
it might be someone these days who'd be interested in something like that mm. as a collectible piece, but I, mm. I, I think that's 50-50 at very best. Mm. It was a bit shocking. He didn't have any bottom skins on the time, on the flying times, I remember. Okay, oh, you don't need those. Well, <laughs> I prefer them now. <laughs> and so, anyway. It was set up in the, we had at our house growing up. Um, you you know what that sound is, listeners. We, we had like, <laughs> there was a games room. It was basically this room that sort of, behind the front uh, garage mm. where the cars would normally be parked. And it was completely separate. You had to walk outside the yeah. house. And so it was a great it was a great space um, in for, you know, I'm a guy I've spent all my early years of like playing electric guitar in that games room. Um, you know, many, many hours before school, after school, playing your guitar. You your did app. stuff before school? Uh, I don't remember I, doing anything before school. Oh, man, I used to... Um, I used to go down. I'm talking sort of. This is late high school. Mm. You know, I, I I would get. You were always ready. a lot more driven than me, Kevin. I always have been. <laughs> it's true. Well, it, yes, it probably is true. Yeah, it is true. Um, but I was just, I was obsessed. I, yeah, I, I was super obsessed. Actually, that's more the word I would use to describe the things that I was into, and not necessarily in a good way. Okay. But anyway, go on. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just have memories of, and yeah, it was, it was your guitar. I didn't have a guitar in there. Um, you, you had a little PV Rage, right. little amp. It was, it was a, a little, um, it wasn't the blue line. It was just a standard PV yeah. Rage, about 12 watts. And I, no and no and funny business. Guitar. I used to go down there, I'd get, get up, get ready for school, and then I'd go into the games room, and I'd play guitar until, like, literally, like, quarter to fucking nine. Yeah, well, fifth, that's the way to push do it. it as close as I and then I'd literally have to just about run all the way to school to get there in time. right so and then I, I'd come home from school and I'd be straight down there until dinner time yeah I but never, that's like year 11 year 12 yeah right when the, the years when you're supposed to be working the hardest <laughs> yeah um I was I remember getting to school early you know mum and dad would leave for work or whatever mm. and we would typically leave I just remember leaving around the same time and I'd always get there an hour early and wind up going over to a friend's place and right. interrupting their, their morning <laughs> preparations because <laughs> there was nothing to do at school. Yeah. But yeah, so you, you know, set up in the corner of the games room and, um, and did you used to um, listen to songs and drum along to songs? Did you do that sort of stuff? How did you kind of... Yeah, well... I don't know that I really had the technology. I mean, at some point, yeah, maybe would have got out the um, a little tape Walkman or something mm. um, and given that a try, but mm. wouldn't, I don't know if I really would have had. Yeah, I, I don't know how practical that, that was, but I, look, I'm sure I, I did do it a little bit I, and it would have been with stuff like maybe the Ramones or... Yeah. You know, maybe Sex Pistols and mm. sort of that. Yeah, kind of like stuff. I remember you bringing home the punk records a lot during that time. Yeah, Ramones, Sex Pistols, Clash, Buzzcocks. Mm. Well, that was that was all through. Um, yeah, one one kid at school, Shane Pringle. He used yeah, to, yeah. He was he had he had a much older brother, right? And I think a lot, quite a lot of stuff got right, passed down from him, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you played so before Jebediah you played in a few bands were they ever gigging bands or just rehearsal bands no yeah oh um, oh well actually no there was so there was a band that um, I started sort of jamming with a couple of guys 
who I had uh, was going to uni uh, with, and oh no, was this after? This was after uni. Oh, I just remember playing one performance at uh, at one of the campus band competitions mm. right. um, with with these with these guys, yeah. and it would have been a, a few years before we, yeah. you know, before we we got together. We did it, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it was very good at all. Mm. Um, well, maybe I should say I don't think I was very good either. <laughs> maybe the other guys were really great, but I suspect we were, as a whole, quite quite bad. <laughs> well, I I suspect I think the same way about when Jeb's did the mm. first start at playing. But there um, must have been there must have been something right. Something something must have been going on. Well, that's right. I I can only kind of think that the people who were judging you know, were older and more experienced and able to kind of see, I guess that's about potential, but they must have been able to see beyond just the face of what they were being presented. They must have been able to see beyond that. It really bears out the whole concept, doesn't it, that we're here all these years later, about to play a gig. (laughs) In Adelaide. <laughs> what? What's that got to do with it? You know, I'm just, just, just filling in the, yeah, just filling in the gaps. All right. Um, so, uh, songs that uh, you song, songs that you want to talk about? Um, well, I don't. We were talking I don't, about don't, before, I don't necessarily want to talk about music. Okay. Well, but I'll, but, I'll, <laughs> but I'll give you a song. And it's a song that I've always liked. I don't really have very much to say about it, except that it's, when it comes on, if, if sometimes if there's someone around and it comes on, I'll say, I'll say, oh, I've always liked this song. Mm. And sometimes I'll say, yeah, me too. Right. And it's um, <laughs> Sleeping Satellite by Tasman Archer. I blame you for the moonlit sky And the dream that died With the eagles fly I blame you for the moonlit nights When I wonder why Are the seas still dry? Don't blame me sleeping satellite Did we fly to the moon too soon? Did we squander the chance? In the rush of the race The reason we chase is a lost in Satellite by, Tas- uh, by a girl called Tasman. I've never heard of this 
Well, you will probably recognise the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. What era are we talking? Oh well, I would have. I would have. The song came out. Is it an '80s song? Or like? Oh no, I think it would have been. I'll start uni '92, so it would have been. I feel like I would have been in primary. Oh no, I feel like maybe high school, maybe early high school. Or something. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. Ah. I mean, you've always had fairly. Um, you know what I would describe as eclectic mm. musical taste. Like, well, you know, when we, we when Jeb's sort of got together, you know, me and Chris and Vanessa were all like getting into the same stuff, mm. which was a fairly narrow kind of band of, um, you know, current nineties, post grunge, Triple J rock music you know um i didn't really listen to, i was i was so excited and so into what was happening and what felt like was a bit of a movement you mm-hmm. know like there was a Which, real scene indeed, it, it, um yeah i was so that's, i got i just that's totally beguiling at that age yeah i was super invested in it and to you know where it was just it wasn't just music it was like a full lifestyle thing but um i wasn't really listening to much outside of that at all mm. Yeah. Um, whereas I think you, as someone that has never fully invested in a particular scene or anything, well, you've always listened to like look, a there is, there, stuff. Well, look, in, in general and in later years, I, I think that, that might be true, but um, I've, been, I've been lazy with my music listening as well and my mm. music research. I'm not really, you know, unless I'm in a particularly um, sort of single-minded um, mood mm. I, I wouldn't necessarily go and research something and find out where does this come from who was this who did they yeah, you know, yeah. how did it fit into the big picture mm. although these days I'm more likely to do that and, you know you just jump on on your phone and, and it's find so easy what Wikipedia to has, yeah. has to say about it mm. but in the old days it would have taken a lot of dedication right, oh, to find man. that out uh, and I'd certainly never had that. I mean, how did you do that in the old days? Like, in the old days? World Book Encyclopedia? Probably not. Like, I mean, I can remember going, like, again, this is in sort of 16... You'd have to buy a book so, about music. Or you could go or, or to record uh, stores and you could just that's roll true. through stuff or and library. listen to things. We'd go to the library and you could probably get... They always had listening stations and stuff. You could yeah, listen to right. stuff without, before you bought them. But no, I, I did have a period where I was sort of into a particular genre and it's it's look I suppose it's, it's something I perhaps should be a little bit embarrassed about but um, really <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really not um, I just because I look back and it's like well that just ha- that happened yeah, yeah. that happened didn't it mm. um, but it was um, I, I guess I guess you'd say hair metal I guess you would yeah, say yeah. hair metal glam glam yeah metal and stuff like you know, obviously Motley Crue and um, yeah, Skid Row. Skid Row, I definitely. Um, I think you had a Skid Row songbook. Yeah, I think with I, all I, the chords and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I think, think I, I remember did. Learning. Faster Pussycat. Oh yes, Faster Pussycat. Now um, there's a band that you don't hear much of anymore. Like mm. they were like a proper fucking Sunset Strip, LA. They were, kinda. but they would be. I think they were a little. They were B B graders. Yeah, yeah. And so. 
you know, and look, some of the B graders probably probably made good, but I don't think they were one of them. Yeah, I think right. they just took a lot of drugs and played, <laughs> you know, played B grade hair metal music, and it, it only went so far. They they had a second album that was the first album was really kind of indie sort of sounding, really yeah. kind of raw, and then the second album was much more polished, and that mm. that would have been to compete with their you with know, Guns and Roses. Let's put it this way. I don't think they're doing great now. <laughs> <laughs> Who was? Can you remember the names? Was like of any of the members of Faster Pussycat? I haven't even thought about that. Well, they all had so they all had stupid names. They had like made up names, like right. to tie me down. You know? <laughs> but you know what's interesting <laughs> about that though? I don't know how say it. There's a link to that's all post punk, right? Mm. Like the punk rock scene. I re- kind of. I mean, look at the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking Sid Vicious. Mm. Like they, that's where that came from, right? Mm. So that hair metal stuff was like totally influenced by punk, but uh, you know it just went super style. I mean, well, I mean, even when you look at the Sex Pistols, very stylized. Mm. So I suppose, yeah. Well, I mean, it was created recently, yeah. wasn't it? As a, by a stylist, basically. So the Sex Pistols kind of had a big hand, maybe, in creating that sort of genre of. LA hair, mm. they call it, well, hair metal, but metal doesn't sound like the right word because it's not metal. No. Just, Maybe you just say hair rock. Hair rock. Yeah. Because yeah. oh. it wasn't particularly not tough. It, no, it, wa- no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It was... It wasn't Metallica. They no. would, it, was, it was like the, you know, the, the, the wimpy kid that's, that's trying to be tough. <laughs> you know, and, they and it was quite androgynous too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were all... And so, yeah, look, it was an interesting um, kind of mix of influences but lyrically so it so much of it was so terrible just yeah just awful yeah misogynistic and that's lyrics right. yeah yeah and looking back on it I, I i know that i liked the energy of it yeah that you know um and i don't and i think i've always i don't know i think i can over well look at that time anyway i was able to overlook the lyrical content and almost, almost disregard it. Oh, like same. But, but then, was, but then, sometimes you don't really think. You're not, you're not thinking deeply about stuff, and mm. you know, you look for different things from music mm. as as time goes by. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's why I sort of look back at it now and go, well, it was a bit throwaway, wasn't it? Yeah. But I can see what a parts of what what appealed to me. Yeah. Back then, but I don't think there's much there for me now. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> totally. Um. So what else? What's a song? Um, what's a what's a song from our childhood that we can um, have a little listen to and talk about? Well, I think you know, Kevin. Well, there's a few. So I'm, <laughs> you know, happy for you to just like choose one. Well, so the obvious one, and this was so we've got so so far we've got a guitar coming from the tip. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Did a record player come from the tip, or was that? I think so. We we definitely had a record player. I think it might have come from the tip. Yeah. And I'll add to that a record <laughs> that we played on the record player yeah. that came from the tip. Um, and I was it was it an album or a compilation? It was an album. Yes. Yeah. It was an album, but a nine track. Are we talking Nazareth? We talk. Of course, okay, we are. Yeah. What um, was the album called? It's had a picture of a peacock on it. No, you talk, you <clears throat> talk about um, how we came across. Uh, it. Excuse me. Brett is 
is famous in these parts for his burps, and I'm glad that he got to experience that. Um, oh, that, that was just a little cough. I, I'm going to look it up while you talk about um, how we came across the record. Hmm. I don't remember whether this was the same chip that we brought back the live mouse or not, but it was it was a little bit scratched up and some of it didn't play very well. But it had um, it had um, uh, what's it called? This flight tonight. Yeah, the Johnny um, Mitchell. Mitchell cover. Nice November 1973. A year before I was born. Right. And we found the record at the time. Loud and proud. It's got a, a picture of a peacock on it. Uh, that's what I can remember. I don't remember, couldn't remember the title, but I just remember the album image. Um, eight songs on the record? Eight, yeah, wow. Because you could do that then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can put out a record and just have eight songs. So what can we have a look at this, the actual names of the songs? So it opened with a song called Go Down Fighting. I'm gonna go down fighting. Not faking it. Uh, I'm not faking it. Turn on your receiver. Turn on your receiver. Teenage nervous breakdown. I don't remember this one. Ooh. Of those first three, I'm with you. Maybe that had. Maybe it was too scratched to play. Maybe. <laughs> Freewheeler. Freewheeler. Mm. This flight tonight. This flight tonight. Of course. Child in the sun. You know that. One. Oh yes. Um, the ballad of Hollis Brown. Is that a cover as well? kind of sounds like it but I, I really don't know I think that I guess there were a couple of songs we skipped over which because we were obviously very keen it is a cover sorry Ballad of Holt's Brown is a cover it sounds coverish doesn't it yeah um, we didn't look but look we didn't have a lot of time to muck around with stuff that didn't didn't press our buttons Kevin yeah. and, uh, as evidenced by the fact that we played most of that record that LP mm. on uh, 72 RPM yes so um so we yes we listened to it sped up basically and it was so it wasn't like chipmunks sped well, up. well it, it, it was fast well i certainly remember listening to it 
Maybe look, maybe it wasn't seventy two. Maybe mm. that's a bit extreme. Yeah. I would in fact like oh, excuse me, I'm eating another uh, pizza shape. I'll just wash it down. <laughs> I'm gonna spray any biscuit on your no, no, your equipment. A, um it's seamless. <laughs> <Is it>? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um but yeah, I, I would I'd very much like for Kevin to seeing as I am giving this very rare <laughs> look just shut up Brett well what, what I was going to say I'm very interested to see if Kevin has the the wherewithal to go back mm. and actually yes. replicate I'm going to try um, one of these songs at, at a higher speed okay. using on, so his, well, on his computer so if you want so to try and if I can speed one up I will do so what song um would you choose? Well, see, yeah, I was thinking this flight tonight. This flight tonight was now. Um, you know the, the 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 song of that record that I still think we could do a really great cover of, and we would do it totally in the um, in the sped up style. Um, was um, the one? Um, I'm going to go down fighting. Yes. Yeah. I I'd think we could do a sick cover of that song. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it, that's what it sounded like to us. But uh, the original is probably like it's going to go back. I'm gonna you... go down fighting, <laughs> <laughs> and it all sounded like that to some yeah, my ears. Yeah. I think at that age. <laughs> so how old? How old were we when this all this happened? Um, would have been mid primary school, mid to late primary school. Yeah, yeah. It would have sort of been late eighties, I guess. So go down fighting. Um, yep, that's a contender. Turn on your receiver is a contender. Um, and this this flight tonight. Child in the sun. I mean, that's that's. Yeah, child in the sun. The ballad, good... the acoustic ballad. So, so even so, so even as early as nineteen seventy three, these rock bands were you know. Yeah. I mean, the idea of the acoustic ballad on a rock album has been around for a long time. But um. But I was talking to you earlier today before we started recording this um, about how recently, you know, maybe a, year, a couple of years ago, I um, was just, you know, going down rabbit holes on Spotify and thought, oh, Naz- you know, that Nazareth record that we used to listen to. And I went back to it to listen to it, you know, and it was so enjoyable. As soon as it started, and this wasn't obviously in high speed, it was the songs they were supposed to, in, intended to be heard. Um, and it sounded so good the production was awesome um there's a there's just it's it it's not you know heavily produced it's you know sounds like a band playing in a room but it's just super warm did they have recording studios in scotland (laughs) one (laughs) had one (laughs) that's paul mccartney (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah, you know, and we were talking, I was saying how, you know, often times when you go back now, you know, and it's incredible that we live in an age now where we have all this stuff at our fingertips that mm. just didn't exist before. But when you just have, go on a hunch, you just remember something from your childhood and you go back to listen to it, oftentimes the experience can be a little bit underwhelming, you know. I think it can um, be a little bit like, uh 
just, just my memory of this was so much better. You could probably say this for just about anything. Yeah, it's it, that's um, by far the most common. Yeah. You know, when you go back to, whether it's a TV program, you yeah. know, the goodies or something like that. It's like when you go back. Some to, of that still sounds. Or even if you go back to a place that used to be when you were little, well, and you, re- you remember being so big, and you go there and you go, oh, this is not it's, tiny. It's tiny and bro- <laughs> tiny and broken. <laughs> so anyway, or it's so not even there anymore. The experience that I have going back, listening back to Nazareth was. Mm. That's refreshingly really, yeah. different to that. It's it was nice like to have those. This is Otherwise, awesome. you'd stop trying eventually, wouldn't you? You'd just yeah. stop doing it. Yeah. It's nice to have those little moments where it's it's really oh, so you vindicated. Good. I listened to the whole thing, and obviously, you know, huge nostalgia trip, of yeah. course, because it was a record we listened to when we were kids. But listening to it, you know, at the, in the moment, I was also just really, really impressed with what a, how well the production holds up. It's great, you know. Just really simple, great rock production, you know. And I mean, it's not a million miles away from like it wasn't that long ago. Wolf Mother were like kind of when they were starting out doing a fairly yeah, yeah their early so stuff sounded the, pretty similar. It's in the ballpark you know? for sure. Um, yeah. So I think it's aged really well, mm. and I, and I think it's aged well. And this is another theory that I've got about music and aging is like um, <laughs> like the stuff to me that has aged the best. Is the stuff that hasn't um, gone all in on the modern technologies, right? So, like, say the '80s, for example, right? '80s classic decade where you know people were really indulging in like so the synth synthesizers yeah, were just yeah. kind of really starting to come in, in a as big as, way. As soon as you were, because technology Obviously is constantly earlier, but constantly changing, right? As soon as you apply lots of um, modern technology to your music, it immediately well, and um, even just certain like like a gated reverb or something like that, yeah. you know. Um, even aside from actual technologies, but just fads. Just effects, so yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Fa- you know about the way that a snare drum should mm. sound or something like that. And but you know, it's, I don't even. Yeah, it's weird. I don't even hate uh, necessarily go uh, hate that stuff when I hear it. So some mm. some of it, so you know, it doesn't all age. At the same rate, you know? And sometimes it's not even necessarily saying that it's good or bad. Right. Right? You know, because sometimes there are certain, uh, you know, effects or sounds or whatever from the past that have, that sound really aged, that sound exactly like the decade that they were recorded in, Mm. but then, but but it's kind of cool, Mm. or, you know, come back into fashion. Well, that that certainly happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is it like about 30 years, something like that? Yeah. You're almost guaranteed? I think that time is getting smaller, though, because things are moving so fast. Right, maybe it's it's like 15 or 20 years now. Yeah. 20. Eight. Eight years. (laughs) (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right. One more song. What's another? What's another one from our past? We've uh, come from, out of Nazareth. What's from our past? From yeah. Our... Um. Well. Um. I mean, I, I depends how far back we want to go. I I remember that we we all had kiss. Yes, M- mask. We weren't we allowed did. to go to the concert. We were. This was. I mean, I don't know how. This was when Kiss played in Perth. So like that's going to date it. Very right? early. It's, 80s. it's going. So it's before Kiss played in Perth. Yeah. Uh, whenever the hell that. What was. mask did you have? Um, I I don't know. It was the one with the black curly hair. They all had black curly hair. <laughs> oh, damn um, it. 
weren't you the maybe it was at Ace Freely or yeah I think you were Ace Freely or um, who was the star where the star who was the singer oh maybe maybe had the did it have a star the star on one eye was that Ace Freely no he was a guitar was he he was a guitarist alright Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley, that's I think right. He had the, the. He was a star man. <laughs> right. Um, I've seemed to. The remember, drummer was Catman. Peter Chris was Catman. I think that's what I had. I think I had. Isn't that interesting? I don't think you had the singer and I had the drummer, and then. But I think uh, I th- I think were you a little bit scared of the masks I initially so. just right right and you know very 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 five years old exactly very it's very not, young. not a, some kids possibly not even five some kids don't like wearing masks when they're young Brett it's not it's not unusual well they were sweaty I mean, it was you know those Perth summers are not very conducive no. to it's just nylon hair and it's like yeah. plastic yeah. sheet of plastic over but your face but we used to I have very strong memories of. Um, the three of us brothers with our masks on, listening to the Dynasty album, which you had on cassette tape. Yes, which my, um, which had a grandmother ten- and in England plastic set. sort of toy tennis rackets masks and sort of you know possibly from the tip concerts. Yeah. Um, and what's the opening? It's the opening song of Dynasty that we always played. Well, played I'm not sure if I was made for loving you was was the yes. opening track or not, but it's, oh, it's, it's always the one we did. Yeah, I just assumed it was. The if it wasn't, track. it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> It was definitely, it feels like it was at least at the start of one of the sides. It's got to be, okay. Well, I let's, think it was, yeah, let's call it. We should, de- okay, well, let's play a little bit of, um, I, I was making one. <laughs> Quite a, they got quite. Was it late seventies that it came out? Um, 
I think it might have been 76. Or um, 77. Is it the first tape that you that you remember? Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. So yeah. My first memory. A- apart from maybe some children's stories and stuff that we might have had on tape. 79. Oh, really? Came out. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was oh, their seventh of, album. Of course, because it was it was kind of it had a bit of a disco Definitely. thing, which I imagine they received quite a lot of flack about. Everybody, yeah, it's interesting that period, isn't it? When dis- disco obviously was such a um, such a force of nature. Every band of that era did dabbled a little. Dabbled in disco, didn't mm. they? And yeah, Kiss did it. And I, I'm going to say, look, I'm going to say that they did it fairly successfully. Um, yeah, I but guess, yeah, I I guess think all the rock bands. Well, they certainly seem to get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> which is probably about as much as Kiss ever did. Because like, this was <laughs> the height of like the Bee Gees and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know. But look, I think there's some genu- you know, genuinely good songs, you know, pop, pop songs. Mm. You know, who, do you know who the who did who was the right who wrote those songs? Was it a Stanley and Gene Simmons? Were they the kind of, or was it all of them? Or? Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I think who's the guitarist? Sim, uh, Simmons. Ace. No. Uh, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, Gene Simmons Gene on bass, Simmons. and Peter Chris on drums. Well, I think they all did a little bit, but I, I guess it was probably shared yes. a couple of the front, two front, along the front row, probably. Because I think Peter Chris... We had a couple of songs. Peter Chris wrote Beth. Beth. Yes. So they were all kind of songwriters, weren't they? But it seems like they... Split. And they all did solo albums. I do, yes. I do remember that. Yes. And so I don't think any now. of them were any no, really much. No. I remember when they went unmasked. That was a big revelation. Well, it was a big, it's a big everyone... mistake. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> was a terrible mistake. Right. If you're going to go unmasked, you do it earlier than that. <laughs> you do it at the beginning. <laughs> but they were massive. I mean, Kiss were huge. Mm. And, you know, looking back... They're on at... the news. I remember as a yeah. tiny little kid. You know, about the whole family's in front of the, the television. You know, there's yeah. you three channels. And you're watching the news at, you know, 6.30 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I remember them coming up on the news. Yeah, and I can't even remember the reason. I think it was just um, maybe they just arrived in Australia, maybe. Or... Yeah, or it might have been some event, particular event yeah, overseas, yeah. or some show, or mm. some, you know, maybe a TV appearance or something. And mm. yeah, people were just yeah, it was it was very uh, felt very uh, edgy. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were you know a cultural phenomenon, and I suppose. You know, I guess, you know, it's interesting thinking back, like they were trading in, like, um, I mean, it was obviously it was real theatre, it was total oh. theatre, but it was kind of dark theatre because, you know, Gene Simmons would, like, do the blood capsules and stuff Absolutely. and his mouth was playing blood, like, it was, there was a bit of kind of um, So it was, it, was, it was kind of taking, or, I suppose, yeah, it, it was kind of a, a sanitizer, like it was a... Like a bubblegum version mm. of something darker. Of horror um, movies or something. Yeah, or maybe when you think about, I don't know, stories, you know, when you get the stories of like weird stuff that Ozzy might have done yeah, on yeah. stage or stuff like that. Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah, which was obviously all still very theatrical yeah, yeah. as well. But Kiss just really, they just kind of, um, yeah, well, they weren't subtle, mm. were they? And no one, and, and that's why they were so popular with kids because yeah. kids don't do subtle. Like, <laughs> you know, 
That's absolutely true. <laughs> Kid, they just don't do it. They don't get it. They don't see a point in it. <laughs> well, they, they won't. They won't. They don't hold with it. It's like what? Literally, what is the point? That's what a kid yeah, would think. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, it, it takes a while to realise well, <laughs> that there is a point. <laughs> Not everything has to just be you know in your face all the time. Um, yeah. All right, Brett. I want to say thank you very much for uh, doing this. I know I, I feel like I harangued you into it a little bit. I feel you like did, you did. And we were going to do it last night, and you were like, oh, "Well, no. it was something about the way you were cackling over the phone as you were <laughs> as you were inviting me that set me, just set me a little bit on edge." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't control it. And, uh, <laughs> no, you just, you, you just, you know, you were just being joyful. It's just made me realise that um, I like we always tease Ivy, my youngest daughter, about her laugh because she has a total cack. She's a real <laughs> cackler, and I've just now it's just suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh shit, That's, she's got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise. Well, it's a very mischief. It's it's got a real air of mischief, and it's a, a slight air of danger about it as well. It's like, oh, what am I? What am I actually getting myself into? If I say oh. yes to this, but you know. Um, no, but you know what it is. It's it's. It's me expressing <laughs> the, the that I know that something's going to be fun that you don't know you don't know yet. And right. I'm, I'm so sure it's going to be fun, but I know that you don't know that's going to be yeah. fun yet. And it's it's like, like you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, look, it's it certainly hasn't. Yeah, it's been easy, and whether that translates into anything that's remotely easy to listen to I don't know but uh, I guess that's your job now <laughs> um, so we got the show tomorrow yeah um, and we've done a couple of so you're feeling good how are you feeling I'm feeling, feeling a lot better than I, yeah. I did coming into it I was really worried about my fitness and just our general yeah. um, you know it just seemed like there was a lot of unknowns and there are, there are, there are still a few but um, not nothing more than the regular that you'd have from the regular show so I think um, you know we're going to be walking on stage for a, a really unique situation because I, I, I'm not sure exactly how many what the capacity of this festival thing is I think it's somewhere between two or three thousand mm. but everybody's separated into these little pods pods between six and eight people it I sounds futuristic doesn't it well it is we live in the future oh I guess we are um, <laughs> tomorrow literally is in the future um, and so yeah so everyone's going to be in these separated little pods spread out across this oval in Bonnethan Park um, and yeah, that's weird as fuck yeah it's going to be strange isn't it and it's going to be strange for the audience is going to be strange for us, but I think that the best way to go into this, and I, I haven't had much. Exp- I've only played one show back. This is Jeb's first show. I've, as Bob Evans, I did one show back in Queenscliff, and that was similarly strange. Um, Which is really good, by the way. But I think the only way that you can go into this sort of stuff is just to lean into the strangeness, lean yes. into it. Yes. Just like um, and don't fall over. Just lean. Just yeah. Don't <laughs> stagger into it. Fall, make a massive mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> make sure there's something for you to lean on before you st- go in for the lean. Yeah. But you know, because it's it's strange for everybody, and I think um, the I, the best way to deal with with it, like a lot of things, is like with humour, right? Just going to like yeah acknowledge you've got to sort of own you know yep. there's a lot to be said for yep. just owning the the situation and, and your place in it yeah and I, I feel like we that's generally what we i feel like we're we okay do. pretty good at that yeah, yeah. so i reckon this will so be, we, yeah be she'll, she'll be all right yeah. 
All right, Brad. I, <laughs> I love right. you, mate. Thanks <laughs> for doing too, this. Kevin. <laughs> you're, that's all right. You're welcome. <laughs> See ya.